This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Get over us, you guys. I wish somebody could just be a fly on the wall. If I could describe us in two words, it would be the movie Step Brothers. We truly are the female versions of them. We're not okay. It's not okay. Is it not okay? You guys don't understand what happened the other day. So I have this new alarm system at my house, okay? And I'm just going to start with saying it took a while to set this thing up. I had to have a friend come and help me. It's very intricate. and um, But it's not that difficult to like turn on and off, right? So Ari comes to my house the other night. And I'm like, hey, I need you to come learn how to do this because when you she has a key to my house, like if you come in my house, like you have to turn the alarm off and you have to turn it off when you're leaving as well. And she so specifically I, told me, this is what you do. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Literally. And I was like, okay, you got it. Because you, if you if you open the door, the alarm goes off. Woo! Very loud. So I, I like teach Ari how to do the thing. And I'm like, Ari, like you can't, like, please, I don't want the alarm going off. I don't want to drive my neighbors nuts, like whatever. And she's like, okay, of course. I got it. I got it, Ange. And like, I can't like drive my point with her because she'll cough an attitude with me. So I'm like, okay, all right, you got it. So that night we go to sleep. We're at my house. I wake up at six o'clock in the morning to the alarm is off. It is so loud. (laughs) I get up, I run out there and I go out there and I see Ari and she, because she knows I'm going to be mad at her. She knows I'm going to be mad that she didn't listen. She's standing there. I see this grown woman standing like a little girl, so scared. She goes, she goes, it's me, it's me, it's just me. I run, I run, I try to type in the code. It's not working for some reason. It's not turning off. I have to do it on my phone. <laughs> no, you guys don't understand what I saw with my own two eyes. I, Dude, I, I was scared, but then I was also... No, like, <laughs> no you guys. When that alarm went off, I felt like a little girl because when Angela gets pissed off, (laughs) like, that's it, it's over. So I'm sitting there, and and the alarm is so loud. She comes comes charging out like a linebacker. How could you? She flips over she flips over the, the trash can. No. No, listen. I'm so pissed because I run around the corner to get the thing <laughs> and then on the way back I knock over the trash can and she falls. <laughs> and the bag opens and there's trash all over my everywhere and you just see me standing there like a hopeless little girl I just wanted to get up and out early I wanted I thought I was gonna get a parking ticket so it was still dark and I just wanted to leave and I'm sitting there I'm going 
<laughs> I was so I was and I I, I was mostly mad because I'm like it's six o'clock in the morning. What is she doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Just go to sleep. And I go, are you okay? And you go, just go. <laughs> no, I did not say just go. That oh, is a lie. I said just go. No, I said yes, just go. Don't worry. <laughs> I was so when I, I when I had my eyes closed at six o'clock in the morning with my hand vacuum vacuuming up the trash off the floor. I literally was thinking in my head, I I can't I, I will never for the rest of my life forget your face. <laughs> I never standing there so scared. <laughs> I never want to see you charging out like a linebacker. Like that <laughs> Please again. stop calling me a linebacker. It doesn't make me feel pretty. <laughs> okay, that's enough for today. Okay. Um, if we had a camera on us at all times, I truly believe we could be millionaires. The things that happen, you guys don't even know about we the demon husbands. story. But hi, guys, we love you so much. Um, so today we want to talk about provision and money and generosity and giving and the fact that God is the God of provision and he is Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh. No, that's not it. Jehovah Jireh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Are you guys leaving us? Sometimes we act like too freaking. There's nothing better. I love when I see something wrong and then you go right <laughs> Okay, Jesus. Let's go. All right. God of provision. Um, <laughs> light of the game. world. <laughs> okay, stop. I, I'm king. <laughs> I swear this is going to get really prophetic and really good. Okay, so he's the God of provision. Let's, how about we read the Bible and that'll reel it in. Basically, we want to talk about so many things today. It's been on our hearts. Um, we feel like we've been hearing so many stories of you know, friends and, and random people who they struggle financially and they struggle. They don't even know about how God truly is the provider of all things, not just of money, but of resources and of opportunities and of jobs. And <clears throat> one thing that I really want us to focus on today is the fact that like, yes, money is important. Yes, having a job is important. Yes, financial freedom is important. But truly, truly, and it's not just some cliche thing, seek first the kingdom of God and the rest will be added to you. But first you seek the kingdom of God. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so we're going to flip, boys and girls, to Matthew, Maddie, Matt. I wonder if anyone called him Matt. Okay, that's a good question. <laughs> okay, that was weird of me. Oh my god, that is actually such a good thing. Do you think anyone called him Matt, Maddie? Do you think anyone called? That's a good question. I wonder if anyone called Luke. Luke. We should Luke. honestly Google that when we're done here. It, yeah, well, I, they no one would know, right? Because maybe they would, but I I don't think that's really what they're concerned with. They're more concerned with the fact. Well, that it's a great question. Thank you, <clears throat> thank you, sister. Okay. 
So we're going to read out of Matthew chapter 13. We're going to start at verse 13. So basically what happened, or I'm sorry, Matthew 14, we're going to start at verse 13. And right before where we're reading, uh, Jesus gets the news that John the Baptist got beheaded. And that is very sad. And basically it starts out with saying that, As soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. But the crowds heard where he headed and followed on foot from many towns. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. That evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, that isn't necessary. You feed them. But we only have five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here, he said. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven, and blessed them. Then, breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterwards the disciples picked up twelve baskets of leftovers. About 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 5,000 men were fed that day, in addition to all the women and children. Hmm. So this is a story about Jesus feeding the 5,000. And if we just want to give it a little bit of a summary, basically, Jesus and his disciples, Jesus was giving a message, and he had 5,000 people there. They had been there for days. Everybody was tired. Everybody was hungry. The disciples say to Jesus, we're going to send them away to, we're going to send them away so that they can eat. We have nothing for them here. Jesus says, that isn't necessary. You feed them. And then when they bring God, when they bring Jesus, just this little amount of food, just the five loaves of bread and the two fish, Jesus says, that is enough for me. And he blesses them. He holds them up to heaven. He blesses what they already had and he multiplies it. Now, this is not the prosperity gospel. We are not giving you guys promises. Yes, we're going to give you encouragement today about how God wants to bless you financially. And he wants to bless you with resources and abundance and all the good things that he has for you. But it is not the prosperity gospel. But I will say that this situation with the disciples I truly believe that God can do that in every single person's life. I think that he can take what you already have. If you give it to him, if you surrender it to him and he will bless it and he will multiply it, Mm. you know, there's nothing that God won't provide for us. There's nothing that we need that God cannot provide for us. People need to remember that it's not the job that gives you money. It's not the people that and the boss that give you money. It is God that gives you that money. I, um, in jo- he, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, and he took, I love that you say that because he took something that was not, yeah. something so little, and multiplied it and made it, made it into something. Right. And that's what he does. So if you go to John chapter 6, it's the same story about Jesus feeding the 10, 000, the 5,000, but it's a little bit different of a perspective. And it says here, I love this because he goes, Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. He turned to Philip and he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip because Jesus already knew what he was going to do. But he was testing Philip to see his faith. Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Mm -hmm. Very bad mentality of Mm -hmm. Philip. Mm -hmm. 
Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There is a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? Again, another doubt in God. We cannot put, we put so many limitations on ourselves when we put limitations on God. That's where the true limitation comes from. It's not about what we can or can't do. It's about what we believe God can or can't do. Let me ask you something, because when I read that, isn't it funny how he used that little boy? Mm. Mm. I When I read that, I said it's funny because it always talks about childlike faith. Yeah. And he used that little boy probably coming home from school with his bread and his fish, mm. and he did that with that little boy. That is such a good point. Yeah. It's all about, I think that's actually a really good indication of why God will use somebody with a childlike faith, faith rather than somebody who's even further along in their yeah. faith because they don't doubt the way that other people yeah. do. Um. Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The number, the the men alone numbered about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. After that, he did the same with the fish. They all ate as much as they wanted. And the other ones said there were leftovers. God is the God of abundance. And I think the reason why that... It's funny because the disciples were so nervous yeah. about about not having enough food. And then after they fed 5,000, the disciples had extra left over. Mm. And that's a great example is when you provide for people and you go in with blind faith, you'll have abundance and more from God. Especially when you're using it to bless other people and not just exactly, yourself. Exactly. I love that so much. And, and I think about this little boy, how the little boy brought the the fish and the bread. And the little boy could have easily been like, but this is my only fish and bread. And if I give this away, there's a chance that the, he's not going to be able to do a miracle. And then I lost the only thing that I have. And for me, it just gives me such a beautiful example of like, again, back to like the limitations that you place on yourself and on God. Are you willing to give God the little that you have mm-hmm. and actually let him multiply it and trust that he will multiply it and bless it? Or are you going to hold on to the little bit that you have in fear that he won't f- come through and do that for you? And you robbed yourself of the ability to have God bless and multiply mm. what you have. It's so true. You know? I think that's why so many people are stuck. Yeah. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's why so many people don't move up and don't move on and don't level up because they're so, they have that scarcity mindset and they're hanging, they have such a tight grip on what they have that they don't even, that lack of faith, I really believe will, will stop you from elevating in any area of your life, spiritually, financially, emotionally, all the things. Yeah. And I think another thing with lack, I mean, this whole story shows that even though they were tired, even though. They just didn't know. It sets an example of how much you help people. Mm. And when you help people and when you give abundance to other people, I'm telling you, it comes back to you. They were so tired. They had been traveling. He was sad. He wanted to go be alone. But then he saw that those people needed him, Mm -hmm. needed help. And he put all his um, worries aside and went and helped them. That's a huge example of how God is and his grace and and just how kind he is and Mm selfless and that's really what we need to be if we want to be elevated to the next level of our lives yeah and and i'm sure i'm sure god jesus the last thing he wanted to do in that moment was deal with five thousand people when he just got the horrific news about one of his closest people Mm -hmm. being beheaded and having his head literally delivered on a platter to somebody i don't think that but he god that's a lot of this has to comes back to sacrifice like 
Jesus loves us so sacrificially. Obviously, he he committed the ultimate sacrifice for us. Um, And we must also live sacrificially if we want to reap the benefits of like being a good, generous, giving person. Absolutely. You know, like Jesus was. It's all about sacrifice. I always say when... You need encourage when you need encouragement. Be an encouragement for others, mm. and you'll get encouragement that way. That will oh. heal you. I say it all the time. You do. That's truly what made me go to the next level of my life, not worrying about myself and putting the focus on others. And yeah. That brought me up. And I see I see Jesus do this so much in the Bible. It's all he does. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Our story. Do you want to tell it? Because yeah. it's. it's that's literally our provision story in a nutshell. So Ari and I, I think we've told it before, but we'll tell it again because we have new listeners and you never know if people heard. But so as you guys know, one of the churches that we are so blessed to be able to attend is One Potter's House in Los Angeles. The pastors, Torre Roberts and um, Sarah Jakes Roberts. This house, this church is so unbelievably anointed and just brings so much breakthrough Mm -hmm. I believe in people's lives it happened in our life and it's a really cool story so Ari and I before we started Girls Gone Bible we were working in nightlife and we were working in modeling and we were also not even just work-wise but just like some of the friends that we had all lovely people just not even friends because all of our friends are amazing but some of the thing people that we were around like we needed a revamp in every area of our lives. Do you agree? Yeah, we just didn't know where to even begin. We were We didn't, yeah. But we knew, we knew. Yeah, and that's why God's provision isn't just economical. Like, we needed him to provide the people, the community, the the activities, the places to be, the things to watch and see and learn from. And, and so there was this moment where Ari and I were in such a transitional part of our lives and it was a little bit painful. We had gone through breakups. We were transitioning out of this, out of this work. We needed, we needed change. We needed breakthrough. And we, we felt the growing pains of this time. We were really Sometimes I kind of feel like we're back there right now a little bit. I feel for myself personally, God kind of has me in a place again of, like we've said, like sacrificially laying a lot of things down and and letting him bring the transformation and and bring the growth and the maturity. And that has to come with growing pains. You Mm -hmm. feel that like it's sacrifice is supposed to hurt. Mm -hmm. And so anyways, during this time, that's what we are feeling and that's what we are dealing with. And so we're in one potter's house and and at one they do this thing where at the beginning of service they have this kind of prayer where you turn to the person next to you and both of you will say um, a need that you have, a desire, a prayer that that you need God to come through with in and the and then the other person says it is done in Jesus name. And so Ari and I, it was already a very emotional service. He had kind of started like with like spontaneous worship and and being a little bit prophetic, speaking over us. And there were women like wailing in the audience. It was a really beautiful, emotional time. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was so emotional. We were bawling our eyes out. And there was a moment and I look at it as like a moment where you and I literally came into agreement together and with God. And God bless you. Bless you. God Um, bless you. We had a moment where we we literally came into agreement together with God. 
And so we're sitting there and, and we have to turn to each other to do the, the prayer. And we both look at each other. Ari and I are like little girls. Like we literally resorted to little girls. We look at each other, bawling our eyes out. And we say the same thing at the same time. We said, Jesus, we want to get out of the things that we're, we're around and that we're doing. And we want to work for you. And we want to do something that matters. And we want to do something that helps us and that helps others. Jesus, help us do something for you of significance. But I, I, and, I and I just remember we said something. It was at the same exact time. We, were, we both look at each other. We go, get us out of what we're in. And then I look at you. I go, I can't believe you just said that. And we fall down to our knees. We're holding each other, literally like little girls. And we're just rocking back and forth, just in agreement. Just, I felt it. We're praying over each other. And yeah. I felt it in that moment. That moment we were, I just knew, I knew something broke. I remember leaving with you that day and I just looked at you and we looked different. I knew God was going to get us what we were, get us out of what we were in. Yeah. And he just, there was a mass, I felt the shift. felt the breakthrough. I didn't even know. I wasn't even aware of like what that would mean or what that anything. We had never even talked about a podcast. I we ha- I started, you know, I was like making some videos on TikTok and and stuff like that. And so I had I it was on my mind a little bit of like doing something in ministry, doing something in speaking about Jesus, but we hadn't had a conversation together that we would want to do a podcast or anything. Mm-hmm. And it was probably a couple days later that we had an idea. We spoke about it. We're like, let's try this. Let's do this thing. Within a month, we, you know, we filmed, recorded our first episode. We put it out, and then that was it. God did what only God can do. I mean, it was the this the provision that He did in our lives. And let me just tell you, when God's ready to move, there is nothing yeah. that can stand in His way. He will move, and He will move quickly. Yeah. And that's why, like, I remember all the times that I was in the standstill of my life, mm. and when you're in a standstill, you just have to know that he's doing something. Yeah. He's up to something. That's why I, you and I both, we never stress out. No. When we don't have something, it's because we don't need it. And if he takes it away, we don't want it. Mm. Let it go. You know? Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, I, it's crazy how much I've, how, how different my mindset is from what I've learned in my provision uh, journey. Well, it's, it, it, it all comes down to, surrendering to God's provision Mm -hmm. because when you are fighting and we'll get into it because surrendering to God's provision doesn't mean that you sit on your butt and you don't do anything and you don't go to work. We'll get into that today. But like when you actually surrender to God's provision and you get out of his way and let him actually move, because the thing is, and some people might not be ready to hear this, but like when you're walking within the will of God if God takes you somewhere, there is truly, and this isn't um, like, the, again, this is not prosperity gospel. This is 100% biblical facts. God will 1000% provide for you when he, you're walking in a place that he told you to go. A thousand percent when you're walking in his well will. I'm not saying that he's going to bless you with millions of dollars, but he will bring you what is sufficient for you in that season, in that time, whatever you need to survive, he, there's a, without a doubt, you're not going to be lacking that. Oh, you know what I yeah. mean? I think, think about all the 
everything he's done for us. So yeah. look back, if you look back on your life, all the mountains he's moved, all the things that he withheld us that we prayed for that I am so thankful he never brought to yeah. me. Do you know what I mean? A hundred percent. And the thing is, you have to, the biggest issue is that you have to focus on God's will more than you're focusing on his provision. Yes, yes, yes. Because in that moment, we weren't asking God, please bring us money. Yeah. We were asking help us walk in the way you want us to walk. Help us do the things that you want us to yeah. do. Help us work for you. We wanted to do something. Yes, we wanted to get out of what we were doing and the nightlife and all the things. We wanted to get out of that. We wanted to be provided with jobs that that are that would be better for us and mm -hmm. would be more beneficial. But we were mostly looking toward heaven and being like, what can we do for you in yes, this moment? Where yes. do you want us? We weren't worried about where the money would come from. We were worried about working for Jesus, yes, you yes, know? Yes. Because we're talking about before anything else, you have to follow in his, in his lead. And that was a big part of my story because it was, it's a big, a huge part of my testimony. I mean, I was riddled with fear all the yeah. time because I just wanted to make something of myself and you and I both. I had been in the industry since I was a little girl and I just, I struggled so bad in the industry, just constant competition, trying to make it months without working yeah. and just like riddled with anxiety. And then it came to a point where God didn't want me to do it anymore. And I couldn't I couldn't book a job for the life of me. And mm -hmm. especially after COVID, I was, I had, I was like at this complete standstill. And I was like, God, where are you? Like, yeah. what do I do? I didn't know what to do. Um, and I, there's a scripture and it's, then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would say his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Mm. And that, when I read that, I'm just like, that. that's exactly what I had to do in my own life. I had to lose my life to, fi to find it. I had made such an idol out of yeah. my career. I put it above any everything. I spent all my days in like worry and anxiety. Well, what am I gonna do? How is God possibly gonna bring you where you're supposed to be when you're sitting there in constant worry and anxiety? Mm. Thank God he didn't br bring me to my purpose. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I had to get to the place basically where I didn't lack anything. Yeah. I was at peace. I was in contentment. I had to first build my relationship with him before he could ever bring me to where I was supposed to be. Mm. And that's sometimes the reason why you're at such a standstill is because you're too worried about yourself. You're too in constant worry and anxiety where you put you put you make idols out of things and then you're separated from God. I also say the thing about I look at my journey before I had Jesus and I was constantly looking to other things. I was, you know, reading um, manifesting books. Mm. I was looking to other to other resources. Other, yeah. I, I don't know, know if you want to say gods, but and the truth is, is that when you do that, when you're looking to to other resources, you're separating yourself from Him, and that's the key. It's resources. That's not God. You can't when you when you start to lean on other things, you're how is God going to have his hand on you and help you? Mm, Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And I see so many people, they have like, and I don't mean to, I will always want to come from a place of love, but when you got Buddhas in your house, 
and you're like doing all this stuff. It's and then you're praying to God. How you can't have a relationship with God but going to these other things, you guys. Yeah. That's just the truth. It is so the truth. You have to tear down every idol. We've talked about it so much. And I don't care how many people, and I've honestly had people in my personal life who have been like, why don't you guys just not mention the new age stuff? Because you turn some people off and you, I am never going to stop speaking the truth that everything that is not Jesus, I don't care if people... Because when you don't understand, it sounds close-minded to be like, Jesus is the only answer, get rid of everything else. But you need to understand that Jesus is is the answer and you have to get rid of everything else because you are cutting yourself off of the one source, the only source that will actually provide for you because it's the only source that actually cares for you, the only one that actually knows you personally and and, and God can search your heart. He knows what's in your mind and in your heart. So he has the ability to actually go in there know your needs, know what you're lacking, and then provide for you, and then bless you. These other sources, they're not real. They're fake. They can't actually do anything for you. Manifesting, writing a hundred times that I'm going to make a hundred thousand dollars this month is not going to do anything for you. It's not. But asking Jesus, Jesus, Please provide for me in the way that you see fit. I'm not asking for millions and millions of dollars, but I'm asking for financial freedom. I'm asking that you lift this burden off of me and my family so that I can serve people better. And I ask, and you know what, God, I even ask for abundance Mm. so that I can turn it around and I can bless other people Mm -hmm, then. mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. I, I, man... And and this is coming from a place of experience because I didn't know what to do. And I went to every resource. I I read every manifesting book I was reading. And I was doing the same thing. I was writing, writing a hundred times in a row. And and it it brings you nothing. Mm. It literally brings you nothing. I really want to read a little bit out of um, Luke chapter 19. This is a huge part of something that I want us us to focus on is and it's 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 a little bit of a confronting question because it's something that's going to make you have to turn inwards and really take a look at yourself and really be honest with yourself and i can come from experience in telling you that i i didn't always do this how are you stewarding what god has already given you are you reliable are you trustworthy if you're asking god for more when you can't handle what you already have He loves you so much that he's not going to give you more. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I know there are times in my life where I have been a chronic shopper and I had more clothes, but still nothing to wear, but I had more clothes than I could possibly need. And I'm sitting here spending so much money on things and clothes and bags and shoes and whatever, and then asking God, to give me more and, and being like, God, but like, I, I need more. I don't have this and I don't have that. And he's looking at me like, I'm not giving you, you don't need all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I want to be honest in saying that there was a point in time where I, when I was younger, I think I was probably like 21, 22. I loved des- designer things, which is so funny. Cause now I literally won't put a designer all out of Same. all the design, all the designer stuff that I have. I won't wear any of it because God, truly, I had to have a moment where I prayed to God and I said, God, take this desire out of my heart to want to buy these things. Except for the Prada shoes that you... I have one pair of Prada shoes that I wear and that's it. Um, And I want to talk about, so the parable of the 10 servants. So this is basically a moment in which 
After he was crowned king, he returned and called in the servants to whom he had given the money. He wanted to find out what their profits were. The first servant reported, Master, I invested your money and made ten times the original amount. Well done, the king exclaimed. You are a good servant. You have been faithful with the little I entrusted to you, so you will be governor of the ten cities as your reward. Can God trust you with the little that he's already given you? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's so important. You need to be economically wise. And these are all things that I encourage you to ask God for, that you pray to him and be like, God, give me economical wisdom. Help me steward my money well. Mm. Help me with my spending habits. Not only your spending habits, what are you, what are you wanting in your life? Yeah. I'm, as you're talking about this, I'm thinking about what I wanted. I got to a place in my life where I just, I wanted to help people so bad. I share this a lot. I remember being on my hands and knees at church and be like, God, if you give me a platform to help people, I will never disappoint you. I will spend every single day yeah. of my life stewarding to people and helping people. I pray that. I said, Jesus, please. He was so silent and thank God he was because I wasn't right enough to help people. Of course, yeah. He, I had to first build my relationship with him. If Jesus is quiet and he's not doing anything, the your only job is to build a relationship with him mm. and just focus on him. Mm. And then he will provide your provision. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's the thing. Sometimes he'll hide your provision to seek him. And that's exactly what he did for me. I'm sure a lot of you guys... We're in the same exact spot, Angela. I mean, actually not you, because you were probably in peace, but I wasn't. Um, I read this scripture to Angela last night, and I said, this reminds me so much of myself. It's Psalms 23, verse 2. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. And when I read that, all I read is contentment and peace, and that's all he wants from us. He wants us to be at peace. That's what he provides for us every single day. Mm. I was not living like that. I was living in anxiety and fear. Am I going to make it? What am I going to do? Is it ever going to happen for me? Instead of just saying, Jesus, I'm going to put it in your hands, yeah. and I'm going to let you take care of it. And the minute I got to that place of being like, it is what it is. I yeah. don't need to worry because he's going to take the reins and he's going to take care of it. And I'm going to surrender it to you. I'm going to put it all in your hands and you do what you want with it, Jesus. If it's in your will and you want me to have it, you will. Mm. If it's not, then there's nothing that's going to make it come to me. And so I just remembered my whole journey doing that and finally just being like putting my hands up and being like, it is what it is. Amen. Giving it to you. Well, and the rest of that psalm, um, it says, He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness yeah. for His name's sake. Yeah. Lead me. Pray to God that He would lead you, lead you in the paths of righteousness. And then it says, You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Mm -hmm. That means overflow. God is not stingy. God is not cheap. I believe in my heart of hearts, I truly believe that God is so good and he loves us so much that you can live in abundance in every area of your life. 
Now, that doesn't mean that like, again, that doesn't mean that tangibly you have all these things. But I believe that God has the ability. Of course, he has the ability. But I believe that he will bless every single area of your life, depending on the way that you move, depending on the way that you're living your life. Mm -hmm. If you submit every area of your life to God and you make that and you are uh, walking in the paths of righteousness for Mm -hmm. his namesake, I believe that he will bless every area of your life. I know that he will. He will. He will. But it, it, it does come back down to obedience and it comes back to sacrifice. Obedience. Yeah. Absolutely. We have to be willing to give up everything and just give it to him. And and, and when he, I, I know for me, when he was silent, thank God he was because he seriously was developing me into the woman where I was able was to be. protecting sh- you. And protecting me into the woman where I was able to be able to help others. Yes. You know, of course. And that time. And you know, what's funny is like provision doesn't just come in what he gives us. Provision is also what he doesn't give us. He's providing protection. The lack of provision is provision in and of itself. I please, Jesus, thank you for all the (laughs) prayers you did not answer. Thank you for all the times I said, give me this job, give me this job, bring me here, bring me there, put me in this room. Thank God he didn't put me in those rooms. Maybe I wasn't ready. Maybe it wasn't good for me. Either way, I'm glad he didn't give it to me. And let me tell you something. It's always good to work hard. We all, God wants us to work hard, but what the scary place is to be in is to be hungry because let me tell you, and I've been there, when you're hungry, you will take anything. Mm. And that's the, I believe that's the enemy. There were things that came in front of me that I thought was from God. And because I wanted it so bad, I took it and I regret it because that's going to be out there forever. You know, so we want to, that's why it's important to be obedient to God, because now that I'm obedient, if something comes in front of my face, that might be a lot of money or might be look really good. I'm going to know if it's from God or not. Why? Because I'm living in the will for God. I'm being obedient and I can hear his voice very clearly, which before I wouldn't have known what was God and what was not. I used to think these things were from God because it looked shiny and it looks good. And I wanted this and it just wasn't. So that's why it's so important to follow the will of God and be obedient so you can hear him. Yeah, just because it comes in the package of uh, blessing doesn't mean that it's from God. Yeah. I think that a question, because you you said it earlier, how you were like, you need to be in a place of total contentment and total surrender. And I think you need to ask yourself the question. And it's a lot harder. You know, it's not as easy as it sounds, but I can say that both of you and I are in this place of like, ask yourself the question, are you willing to give it away? Mm. Whatever it is, if you're willing to lay it down and you're willing to give it away, but truly, and you can't just say it, you truly have to be in a place of such trust and faith in Jesus that you know, I can lay this down if God asked me to. Like I think about Abraham, where is it? Genesis 24. Well advanced in years, the Lord has blessed him in every way. Abraham is the definition of sacrifice. Abraham literally brought his son Isaac, his first son, who was promised all of the promise. Basically, that was his, he. Isaac was going to receive the inheritance mm-hmm. of all the nations. Mm-hmm. He was. It is through Isaac that Abraham would become the father of many nations. 
Abraham was willing to sacrifice his son Isaac. He literally brought him to sacrifice him because until the very last second, he thought that that's what God was asking him to sacrifice. And while that might sound a little crazy, how could you sacrifice your own son? Scripture is very clear in that we put God above literally everything, including our family members, including our own children, our own flesh and blood, like the kids that we're going to carry for nine months, we put God even above Mm -hmm, them. mm And so that is how sacrificially we must be willing to live. And you must be willing to lay it down. And I can't tell you how much I believe God will reward those sacrifices. Hmm. And even the heart posture of being willing to lay these things down, God will reward it. And that is a powerful place to be in. When yeah. you get oh, freedom, you want freedom, that's how you receive when freedom. When you get to the place where... Again, like I said, you lack nothing. Nothing yeah. matters. That if you, if I have it, I have it. If I don't, I don't. It is truly the most powerful place you can be in. Yeah. I mean, oh, gosh, if you guys knew the way I was, I couldn't even be present or focus. I'm just worried. Am just I going to get the next job? The, everything I like got to get it. Yeah. I got to be something. Am I going to make it? Am I going to be that? Dude, Oof. we we were literally. I want you guys to understand. We were literally created. To have a relationship with Jesus. That's, that's what life's all about. That's what's, that's, I'm sorry, I'm going to keep coming back to it. Seek first the kingdom of God and the rest, the rest meaning secondary, yeah. after. That's an afterthought. This is what matters. The kingdom of God. Seek Jesus first and the rest will come to you. The rest will be added. And that's the overflow. That's the fun things. All the fun things that we get to do in life. It's fun. That's like, that's fun. Jesus is what's important. That's truly why there is so much depression. That's where all the depression is coming from. You know that, right? I mean, you look around. Everybody's so worried about making a dollar. What am I going to do? I have to be famous. I have to be this. I can't look this way because these people... It's that's why there is so much loneliness, depression. People are lost. That's where it's all coming from. Yeah. You know what? On that note, let's talk about that being rich doesn't just mean being rich in money. It means being rich in love, Mm. rich in hope, rich in joy, rich in your relationships. Um, Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 21. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. But store your treasures up in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy. Thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Basically, it's saying that whatever we have here on earth is all fleeting. It's all going to go away. None of it lasts. None of it matters. But when your treasure is up in heaven, that's why we live. That's why we sacrifice here on earth, because the more sacrifice that we have here on earth and the more that we're obedient, the more treasure we're going to have up in heaven. And that's where we should be looking to. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be. Mm-hmm what your perspective is everything and where you put emphasis on in life. If you put your emphasis on money and riches and material things, there the desires of your heart will be. That'll be the only thing that matters. And that is a really dangerous place to be because not only do you have the ability to not receive those things because you never know in life, you also have the ability to have those things be taken away from you. But when the desires of your heart are on Jesus and your treasure is Jesus that is eternal and it's everlasting and it cannot be taken away from you, you, that's freedom. That's freedom and that's security. 
Yeah, I mean, I see so many people. They have everything. They have every car. They have more money than God. Their mm -hmm. business is booming, but they are lost. Yeah. And they are empty because they don't, they put everything else before him. Yeah. And I see it all the time. And it's sad. It really is sad. Well, they literally, I mean, you you sell your soul for that stuff yeah. when you don't have God in it. And a lot of these people too, they're so self-focused and selfishness is the worst thing you can be in this life. Oh, and I know please. we say it all the time, but if I have to get it through to people every episode, I will. Yeah. There is not enough evidence in the Bible that God literally put himself aside to sacrifice and help others. He helped the poor. He, he just, he constantly was helping those in yeah. need. And if you want to be blessed in this life and you want God to be your provider and provide for you and you get and give, you want to get blessings, you be a blessing to somebody else. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, well, you know, maybe I'm not at my best, but what can I do in the meantime? Am I going to sulk in my pain? Am I going to be, you know, um, just sitting here asking why, why, why? Or am I going to get up mm. and I'm going to go help people and I'm going to be selfless and I'm going to be there for those in need? And then you know what happened? Ev all of my sadness and everything I was going through, it all went away. Mm -hmm. You know why? Mm -hmm. Because I was helping others. I was being at service for others. And then my life started flourishing. And if you want to know how God is going to really provide in your life, that's the secret. <sighs> I don't care how much money you have. I don't care if you're working 20 hours a week on business calls. You find time and you be there for others because at the end of the day, you're going to lose everything if all you're worried about is your money and yourself. You know, the spirit's moving when my leg does the thing. My <laughs> leg does this tapping thing. It's a please, please don't star. And you are such a beautiful example, Ariel Ritzma, of what happens when you have a giving and generous heart. Ari will, I'm not kidding take the shirt off of her back to give to anybody, even her enemies. I see the way that you are. I'm going to be honest. And it really, I love you so much. I have seen people cross Ari and then Ari still bless them afterwards. I have seen somebody do you wrong and then you're still there for them. And then you still help them. You still provide for them. You will do things. I'm not going to say exact, but you will help the end and you will bless their business and you will help their business and help their, it is unbelievable. Even when they don't do you the way that you deserve, yeah. because it's not about them. It's about you and it's about Jesus. Yes. And you know that that is what God wants from you. And that's why you're blessed so much in return. You have so many people who love you so much. Thank you, sister. Um, can I read out of Luke 12 really quick? I want you to hear this. It's actually yeah. insane. It's the story of the rich fool in Luke chapter 12. Jesus told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. Then I'll sit back and say to myself, My friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. The guy is saying to himself, because he's done so much, he's gathered so much. But God said to him, You fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? <laughs> yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth but not have a rich relationship with God. <laughs> I know. 
the guy spent all his time, ignored God, but he spent all his time gathering all this stuff, doing all this stuff, having no idea that he was going to die tonight. No one was, he doesn't even have kids. He doesn't have anyone to take it over for him. All of it's gone. And God is saying, how could you be so foolish to store up all this earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with me? (laughs) It's the only thing that matters. Only thing that matters. Oh God, I love that story. Right. That is so good. I also just want to say something. It just came onto my heart because when we're waiting on God and we are waiting for his provision, it can get scary sometimes. Yeah. I'm one of those people because you, you know, when you're younger and when we were young, we're not like thinking, oh, I need this, or am I going to make it, or am yeah. I going to have kids, or am I going to be married? But then we get to a, an age, this threshold, we get to a threshold in our lives where we're almost like, okay, God, where are you? Are you going to provide for me? Is, it my, is my time up? I mean, I, I've had those thoughts many times, and um, I just want to let you know that I don't want anyone to feel like that because God truly has an appointed time for everyone. Yeah. And society tells us that we need to have this and that at you know this time of our lives, and that's not the truth. Mm. God has an appointed time connected for each one of our lives. And I got to a place in my life where I was like, okay, well, the industry had told me that if I'm not this age, I'm never going to make it. And mm-hmm. so this is all I've ever known in my life. I, I, I just, I've worked my whole life at this and now I'm at this age and I'm just probably not going to make it. So I'm probably not going to do anything with my life, which means I'm probably going to be a nobody. And he just mm. really, he gave me more than I could have ever imagined. And so it was just, it had to be at the right time. It had to be, it had to be at the right time in my life. So yeah. I just, I want you guys to know you can rest in that. You, it's you're, it's never too late. You're not too old. Mm. Your time isn't running out. It's just not your time yet. So Thank you. I hope wow. that can that can put some ease in your heart. Wow, wow, wow. That is, it's you're not too old. Time is not running yeah. out. Never forget, thirties the new twenty, anyways. Um, 40s the new 40s the new 30 50s the new yeah we're I mean truly God God doesn't put an age limit on anything so don't let society do that to you it's not too late I know so many people and the truth and let's talk about it for men for a second because I think men we talk about all the time that men should provide for the for their household it says in scripture that a man who doesn't provide for his own household is worse than an unbeliever yeah and so I know that that's a really heavy burden for men to carry. I know it's a lot. And especially when you're like a younger guy. And as time has gone on, we have to be honest, it's a lot harder to make money now than it was in our parents' age. People aren't buying property. They're not buying houses. People have roommates because the the economy is just so insane. And and, and jobs aren't paying enough, but rent is higher. And it's a really difficult time to be alive, especially to be like a younger person in your 20s, in your early 30s. Um, I just want you guys, I just want to encourage you in the fact that just because you aren't completely the man that you 
hope to be at your age or or you don't feel like you can provide a wife and children with all these things, God will bring you to that place. And you have a heart, if you have a heart posture of wanting to provide for your wife and your children and your family, God sees that and he will honor that. And I just want to say that, especially for the men, if you pray a prayer to God, if you're struggling financially and you have a wife or you want to get married or you have kids and, and you want to provide for your wife and kids, God is so appreciative of your heart in that. And if you pray to him, hey, God, I really want to provide for my wife. Would you provide me with the job? Would you provide me with the resources and the money to be able to give for my wife and to provide for my family and my household? I believe with my whole heart, God will honor that prayer. Yeah, I agree with you. And honestly, if you're someone who is like, yes, that is me. I am that kind of man. Well, we are so grateful for you because now in 2023, it's four. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's going to take a while. <laughs> now in 2024, it's really hard to find good men like that. Yeah. And so you should just be so proud of yourself that you are that kind of man that wants to provide and wants to be the protector and the leader of the house. Beautiful. It's beautiful. And there is nothing more than, nothing better than a, a man like that. Yeah. Even if you don't have much, I mean, wow, that's yeah. beautiful. That That's even your thought process because it's rare nowadays. For sure. Um, you want to talk about tithing? Yeah. So tithing is... Tithing is basically giving 10% of your income. Tithing is giving 10% of your income to the church, to God's kingdom. And giving at church is something that I know people in our age range, I see it all the time. I know I have friends. Giving is something that people don't see as a necessary thing to do. And I, we are here to tell you guys that giving and tithing at church is not only necessary, but it is crucial in your walk with Jesus. Tithing and giving is a massive part of my life. I watched, I had a really great example. I watched my mom my whole life give to the church um, and she gave sacrificially. And I'm not saying that if you give, I'm not saying that you should give so you get back, obviously. But I will say that I have watched my mom always figure it out with mm -hmm, money. Mm -hmm. I watched my mom always, and she's, she works hard and she hustles, but she has always been blessed financially. Not always abundantly, but she's always had enough. She, yeah. It's always been sufficient, and she's always been so generous. Giving is worship. Giving, giving to the church, tithing, giving, giving offerings, that is a way giving breaks greed off of your life. If you are a greedy person, giving will counteract that. And greed is the most poisonous, honestly disgusting, one of the most gross things that you can have in your heart is greed. And I encourage you to fight against that greed by giving. Thank you. I have nothing else to say. She just said it. Greed is, it's poison. I, it I can't, is. If, if, if I see a, a greedy person I'm like get away from me yeah it's 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 really if you really want to see the fruits of the spirit you be a given giving person and tithing is one of the 
best ways to give yeah. at your church? Well, because if I'm being honest, like I know people always think like, oh, it's church. You shouldn't have to you shouldn't have to uh, pay for for Jesus. And it's like Jesus is a kingdom. You must support the kingdom of God like you. It is. How do you think the lights are going to turn on? I just don't agree with this whole mentality of like, oh, but the pastors use the money. The pastors got to get paid, too. Yeah, I know. And it's like, first of all, it's like it's all about the money. Look at all the people that are going in there and just sacrificing for us, giving yeah. and, and serving at the church. They're outside giving us flyers. They're giving us coffee. Yeah. They're, they're, the people are serving. The church needs to get paid, of course. Obviously. And also, honestly, let's talk about the fact that there is this idea within Christianity that like just because you're a Christian means you shouldn't make money. I don't see anything... You always be kingdom minded first. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. There is nothing wrong with being business minded after that. You know what I mean? And always including God in your business, having God be at the forefront, the center of everything you do. I know that God wants us to make money. Yeah. I know. I know that God wants us to make money. Making money, first of all, like making money. Having a financial or a certain financial, being in a certain financial bracket will put you in rooms that otherwise you would never be in. Why are we going to let all these people be in these big rooms and not have one Christian in there? Oh, I know. It doesn't make any sense. I know. I know. And I don't think you, I don't think some people understand how hard pastors work. It's one of the hardest jobs you can do, studying the word of God, teaching it to us, filling our minds and, and helping us. It's it's a massive, massive job. And it's a full-time job. Of course it is. You're, you're stewarding a church, yeah. a body of people. Yeah. You are giving yourself up every single weekend and all throughout the week and just, and, and, and emptying yourself for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of other people knowing Jesus better and more intimately. It is a lot. And I just don't agree with this whole thing that's like if you're a pastor you shouldn't have nice clothes why like stop it's just like you're allowed to make money god wants you to make money and unfortunately there are i truly believe i truly believe that there are like jealous spirits that would that don't want you to see you doing well or or succeeding financially can i read just this one thing from malachi really quick listen it's so good This is kind of the only time in the Bible where, because it says, do not test God, do not test God. Like we're never supposed to test God, Mm. except in this one area of giving. Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me out of the tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating on me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. He says, try it. Put me to the test. In another translation, it means it says, I dare you. That's how serious God is about tithing. He says, since you and your nation have cheated me out of the tithes and offerings, you're under a curse. (laughs) You're under a curse. Yeah. You are blocking so much in your yeah. life by not giving. Yeah. You have no idea. Yeah. And then it says, and God literally says, try me on this. Try me. Try me. If you tithe and you offer to me, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Be generous. Be giving. 
The thing is, is we want a blessing so bad. And the thing is, is we need to be a blessing. Yeah. Before you get a blessing, why don't you focus on being a blessing? Yeah. The bottom line is, is that what we have right now, whether it's probably not maybe what you want in this moment, it's exactly what you need. Yeah. And I just, I'm going to say it again. If you are sitting here waiting on like a promise for God, just know that he's working. He's doing something that we don't know about. And in the meantime, just keep helping, keep serving, and just keep building your relationship with him. Be obedient to him. Yeah. Philippians 4 Verse 19 says, but my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Jesus Christ. Mm. He's supplying all your needs. He's got you. He is supplying all your needs. And I just want to hit one last thing. Let's talk about the fact that work is good. Work is important. Yes, God will supply all your needs, but he will not let you just sit there no. and do nothing. You have to go to work. I want to speak to you guys and let you know that there's so much in scripture about what happens when you're lazy, about when you don't go to work. Laziness leads to a saggy, saggy, la <laughs> laziness leads to a sagging roof. Idleness leads to a leaky house. Idle hands are the devil's workshop. I know you guys have heard that. Ecclesiastes 11.6 says, Plant your seed in the morning and keep busy all afternoon, for you don't know if profit will come from one activity or another, or maybe both. Plant your seed in the morning, but don't just do that. Then keep busy all afternoon. You don't know if it's going to come from the seed mm -hmm. that you planted in the mm -hmm. morning or what you did in the mm -hmm. afternoon or both. But what he's saying is just don't stop. Keep going. Keep working. I have so many people. I know so many people who yeah. struggle financially but then call out of work. I know people who really rob themselves of the, like they, they will complain all day about not making enough money, but they're not hustling. They're not trying. They're not exhausting all their options. You got to go to work. I want to encourage you today to go to work, to get a job, to get a couple jobs, do what you can. God will reward that. He will not reward you just sitting on your butt all day. I'm sorry to tell you. You know, I, I hear something that always says, if you don't like your day job, just quit it. And I don't believe that at no. all. I have done many things in my life. It wasn't exactly what I wanted to do, but I did it because I know that I had to make money and I had yes. to work and I had to do what I had to do. So maybe you're not, maybe you're in an office and you don't want to be in an office or maybe the comparison is kicking in on social media mm. and you're looking at everyone living these extraordinary lives that by the way, aren't real. But sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. But I love that you say that. Thank you for making that point because it's so important to yeah. work. And, the, and when God sees you trying and sees you going in the direction of you want to do something, maybe it's not exactly what you want to do. He will bring you to the place where you need to be. Right. But in the meantime, just keep trying, keep focusing and um, keep working hard. And it's sacrificial. Again, just, I love that you said that sometimes Sometimes, do you understand how many jobs I've worked? I've worked everywhere. Too. My first job was at Frida's Cafe and Bakery. Where's that? It's in Florida. And then I worked at Panera Bread. I literally cleaned the freaking bathroom at Panera Bread. Yeah. Like I, and then I've worked at, at every restaurant job. in LA at yeah. Panera Bread. Yeah, I love the soup and salad. <laughs> I honestly, I should get a job there because I love their soup and salads. I should, I, I should work at 7-Eleven. <laughs> you should. Okay. I worked at Mary Lou's. I, really? Yeah, I see, worked at Hooters. 
Okay. Anyways, um, <laughs> I worked, that was before she was saved. <laughs> and anyways, so I, I uh, we're just here to say like go. Go to work. Go to work. You have to work hard. Hustling is a good thing. Working is a good thing. You don't need be to work. ashamed. Don't be ashamed. But it must, even work, work is worship. Giving is worship. Going to work is worship. Going to work is doing ministry. You can bring Jesus wherever you go. If you want to be in ministry, but you're working at Panera Bread, go do ministry at Panera Bread, but work really hard at your job. And you are doing ministry. You're serving others. Exactly. That's why people are so ashamed of having these jobs because they yeah. want to be influencers, which yeah. is ridiculous. And it's just you working at a at a Panera Bread or whatever. That's gr amazing. You're serving. It's it's. You should be proud of yourself. Exactly. I just, I think, I want us to say a couple of prayers with our people, with our family, because I truly believe that poverty is a spirit. I believe mm. that it's all spiritual. I believe that there are limitations that we put on ourselves because we put limitations on God and what he can do as our provider. But I also think that you can absolutely be spiritually attacked within your finances. I think that I know people who are have the spirit of poverty in their lives, who have the spirit of debt in their lives. It's just like they can never, they're, they're trying and they're trying and they can never come up for air. They're constantly underneath. It's just nothing is ever enough, enough. And they keep finding themselves back in the same place. And sure, maybe it's um, financial foolishness and a lack of wisdom and stewardship in their finances, but it could also be spiritual attacks. I believe that. And I want you guys to know that God doesn't want you to be poor. He doesn't want you to struggle. He might have you in that place sometimes, but it's not where he wants you and it's not something that you should come into agreement with and just settle for. Come up on top of that. Declare that I will live in abundance with Jesus. I will live in abundance according to the riches that are in Christ Jesus. I declare that God will provide my every single need. Mm. So I want you guys to pray this with me. God, I approach you with a heart overflowing with thanks for your steadfast love and provision. Lord, I pray that you continue to provide all of my needs in accordance with your glorious riches. Lord, bless me with your wealth so that I might bless others. Help me to always remember your goodness and co consistency and to have complete faith in you. Dear God, I ask for financial awareness and discernment. Assist me in spending my money sensibly and in a way that glorifies you. Show me how to take care of the things that you have given me and correctly lead me. Provide me with financial knowledge to empower myself to create money and support my family. Father, I come before you for debt forgiveness and monetary freedom. Lord, I beg you to forgive my debts and assist me in achieving financial freedom. Help me manage my money wisely and remember that I am a borrower, not a lender. Lord, I trust that all things are possible for you. I appreciate your steadfastness in my life. I want to invite you guys to receive salvation today because the truth is you can have money you can have the career you can have the house and the cars and everything but none of it matters if you don't have jesus he's the whole point he's the backbone of this whole operation you have no idea you can receive all those things and you'll still be miserable you'll still have lack it won't be sufficient because it's only god and his grace and his love that will ever be sufficient for you dear lord jesus i know that i am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank, Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, you know for what we all say? your children. You know what we say when, you know what we say? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. When we're in the, we learn that when we're in the middle of a bad situation and we're not feeling good, we go, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Even if we're not feeling it. Hallelujah. You want to fight back. You want to fight against a difficult time. Even when you're not feeling it and you don't feel no hallelujah in your spirit, you don't feel no thank you, Jesus, in your spirit, you say it anyways. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, guys. We love you so, so much. I want to see all of you guys flourishing. I want to see every single one of you in financial freedom. And I believe that that is not only possible for you, but I believe that you're going to do it. I believe that God is going to relieve you of any debt, every financial burden, every spirit of poverty, mm -hmm. every spirit of struggle in your finances. God, please release your abundance and your financial freedom and breakthrough over your children. I believe that he's going to do it for you. And I want you to believe it as well, because he will. He will. Seek first the kingdom of God, and I promise, I promise, the rest will be added to you. We do promise because you know why? We were there. I mean, I was there. I'm telling you right now, I struggled so hard, and it wasn't until I let my old self, old self died and surrendered it and gave all my needs to him. He provided and gave me everything I needed and more, more blessings, and he will yeah. do that for you guys. We love you, and we'll be praying for you, and thank you for all your support. Yeah. And one last thing, focus on the blessing more than the lack. Yeah. Just don't forget. Because while there may be lack, that doesn't mean that there's no blessing. And the more you focus on the blessing, I believe the more blessings you will receive. The more lack you focus on, the more you'll notice the lack. Yeah. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and give you peace and freedom. In Jesus' name. Jesus we love name. you guys so much. We love you.